Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. It's been a long time. Oh. Yeah, Max. I should have seen it from the jump. Who would have knew what we would come? You left the line me when it's easy. To take my heart away and run. You must have took off with the chauffeur. You put your bags on in the trunk. Stitcher, tune in, Amazon Music, and all the major platforms we on. Can't forget College Underground Radio. It's too many for me to announce. But as promised in the building, today we got a very, 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 very special guest in the building today. We got Mr. Jordan Asher Huffman in the building. What's up, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, man? Glad to be here. Uh, uh, man, we have, it's a privilege for us to have you, man. Um, we when we thank you, like I said once again, when we on it, man. Let the people know where you're calling from. Uh, I'm calling from Santa Barbara, California. That's uh, where I am right now. Have been since March. Mm. The pandemic got camping you stuck out. Up there? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we. I actually, I actually came out here. Uh, I have some family out here, so we wanted. To just be close, and I, we, my fiance and I, we intended to only be here for about three weeks, and the universe, to, or you know, the world, or you know, all circumstance, just every time we tried to to get back home, uh, the answer was no. So we just we're rolling with it. I hear you, man. So, man, how did it all start for you? You know, where where let's go back to the beginning. Where did you get the love for music? Uh, love for music. Uh, it came, it slapped me in the face. It was, um, it was really young, uh, probably around six or seven. Um, I was, a. I knew music was ingrained in me. I just didn't know how to, how to express it or 
or what, you know, what, what, uh, what my role in it was. Um, but I started, I got one of those, you know, one of those, uh, kind of the, the hat, you know, the, the janky keyboards. Yeah. I saved my allowance and I bought one of those Casio keyboards when I was, um, yeah, it must've been between the years of six and eight. And my sister and I, we would just sit there and write songs and, and uh, come up with funny, funny melody lines. I, I would find chords and, and that was my, my introduction to music. Um, my dad was a professional drummer um, before I was born. Uh, okay. So, you know, he, 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 he got me into, I, I got to listen to a lot of great music, all versatile. Uh, uh, you know, my first concert he ever took me to was BB King. Um, I think wow. I was, I was, I was six years old and, and, uh, you know, the King, he, he, he was so cool. He, uh, he actually brought me backstage and, 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 uh, and invited me onto the bus and I got to, we got to sit there and talk with him and he, and he was doing some blues riffs and, and, uh, then he gave me one of his guitars. Um, mm, I think wow. one of, one of the one of the acoustic guitars from the back line. Um, it was a, uh, what was it? I, I believe it was a, a white, it was a white fender. And uh, so that, that was a really special, special moment for me. I, and I think that's when things started connecting, you know, the, the power of music. And, and then uh, I just kept playing my whole life. And, and then I found out I was a vocalist truly by, I think, 14 14 sam cook was one of my biggest influences vocally wow now your dad you said he played the drums um did he play for a specific group or he just like freelance or just play professionally like freelancing like you know recording sessions and stuff like that uh he he was a freelance guy he did he did do some touring i think he toured europe around the age of 15 and 16 with his uh, high school, this high school group. Um, I, I don't know if it was through the high school or not, um, but he he did that. And then he uh, he was he grew up in Sonoma, California, and he he went to San Francisco State. And I guess in that time period, uh, there was a lot happening, um, you know, with with the record plant and you know and a lot of those recording studios. So there there was a movement in music, uh, happening in the Bay area. Um, I mean, all over the world really, but the Bay area was, there was a lot of music happening. So he was a uh, session player in, in a lot of studios. Um, he never really, what, what's interesting, my father knew that music was in me, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't let me explore it in a professional sense. Uh, it was more a, uh, more more a, a hobby or a pastime for me growing up. There there were some conversations. Uh, Walt Disney actually wanted to to uh, give my sister and I a record contract when so my sister's four years younger than I am. Uh, I was about twelve or thirteen. Uh, so so my sister Caitlin she was uh, about around eight or nine. My dad declined. Um, because I guess from his experience, the music industry was not a, a kind place, uh, at least from his experience. There were a lot of uh, a lot of people being taken advantage of. There was a lot of drugs, you know, and and so I guess he equated the experience as just a dark world, you know, um, which isn't that's a stereotype. I, I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily true. Uh, at all, really. Uh, I mean, yeah. maybe maybe in the '60s it was, but um, yeah. so he he didn't have a specific. He never shared really really details, but I do know he played on some some serious tracks, um, mm. and and he kind he he told me some stories, uh, but I think he was he was predominantly a session player. Um, he did do some touring uh, with with 
some some groups. He actually recorded and produced his first EP. Um, it was Power to the People was the title of the song, and I actually found a, an old, uh, you know, one of those one, one of those vinyls, uh, and somebody had it on Amazon. It, it was trippy, um, and we played it. it. I mean, he he, my dad was he he was in the like he loved funk you know funk and mm. and uh, uh and a lot of his expression through music was um you know he he started as a jazz drummer in high in you know in middle school and high high school and then um but yeah a lot of funk and you know it his neil pert and and uh dave garibaldi were his you know where his uh and and um uh i think was it uh i forget his name but anyway that that was that was who my dad was musically all right now how did you you the newest member right of the alan parsons music you know music group live band and um how did you how did all that come about for you yeah i mean to clarify i i'm not a Officially in in Alan Parsons' band, um, I was last year, um, in 2019. Uh, I became a featured vocalist on tour, um, and Alan and I still work together. But I, I'm not an official member of the live band. It's it's more a uh, a featured vocalist if pertinent, you know. Um, okay. But how that all started was. Uh, was uh, I recorded a demo um, of a song that I just I I just, I don't it just I just wanted to record a a, a real proper demo you know um, and uh, I wanted Alan's insight and input be, being who who he is I mean Alan his Alan Parsons his first gig was with the Beatles you know and then he mm-hmm. then he goes on to do to do um to do dark side of the moon and you know he's such an innovator uh an iconic individual in in what he he contributes to the world and music so i wanted i just i just wanted his personal insight you know on am i on the right track am i you know am i barking up the right tree and he uh listened to the song and he called me and and said jordan i wow i what a great song and and uh just to just to shed some light alan had no idea really that i was a musician or a vocalist um mm. you know on, on a professional level it, our relationship was friends and family you know that we didn't establish mm. our relationship based off music it was uh you know just people and uh so anyway he he called me and said uh what a great song uh, I, as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this new album. Uh, how do you feel about the song being on the album? And beyond that, I would like you to sing it on the album. And so th- that was my introduction with Alan on a professional level. Um, there were a couple mm-hmm. of times we were on tour. I, I filled in and I sang a song. I, I sang, um, in uh, in, in interim, I sang what his song "Time" on um, on a few shows. Um, we did then we did the album uh, and the limelight fades away off the secret. And uh, then the next year, I I helped out with stage management um, because there were some logistical problems with the tour. So I I came and I just contributed as a stage manager and. The song "I Can't Get There From Here" off the secret was something that Alan really wanted to play because he he loved the song and the record label also um, wanted it wanted it performed live and so Alan was trying to figure that out and it really I, I swear to God this is not I'm not uh, I'm not uh, over exaggerating Alan walks backstage and says hey jordan um do you have uh do you have uh any any uh nice clothes 
with you on this trip? And I said, yeah, I got, I have some, you know, I have, I have some stuff. And he's like, good. Uh, let's go get it, put it on. And, uh, cause I want you to sing tonight. And this is an hour before show. So that was, that was my full on. Uh, there was no audition. There was no anything. It was just, let's go. And, and, you know, this is, there's 10,000 people in the room, <laughs> you know, and it's, this is Alan's stage. And, uh, so it, we, I did it and, you know, I hung on for dear life. And after that show, Alan, uh, decided he wanted me on for the rest of the year and took me around the world. I, I was able to, uh, wow. to perform music with, with him and his band and, and sing that song, you know, in Russia, Istanbul, Germany, Netherlands, you know, just it's a really magical experience. It was, it was, it was something. And, and now here we are now, uh, now Alan and I are working, uh, together continuously in the studio on new music. Now, are you his son-in-law? Uh, am I correct? You his son-in-law? Yes. Yep. This not yet. Hard. Not yet. Future son-in-law. <laughs> not yet. We got we got a week and a half still. But. <laughs> oh, okay. That's great, man. Now, but so that had to be a lot of pressure on you. Like, all right, this is my not only this is Alan Parson, but this is my wife's dad. You know, and I got to make it absolutely, a good impression. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was that. <laughs> absolutely it's it's not it's not that's what um I'll let, you know a, a lot of people might see it as nepotism or or you know like oh of course he gets to sing but that's not actually reality alan alan being who he is you know professionally alan loves me uh as family but but professionally that is that's what, a big rule in music um that uh, that if if you're a musician or or work art work in the arts, it, it's you need to be able to do the job, right? And you and you need to be able to be creative, and you and you need to have the vibe, and um, and that's what it's all about. It's not it's not about uh, oh well, that's you know that's my cousin, so or my son-in-law, or my brother, or my sister. It's it really comes down to the music. If the music suffers, it's great. It's like, hey, man, I love you, and and this has nothing to do with that, but this isn't appropriate for you to be here. Mm. Not yet, at least. Mm. But um, as far as pressure, oh, my, oh my gosh, yeah. You know, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's too fly for me. It's, one, as a, as a professional, you know, up and coming, trying to um, – you know, trying to uh, achieve things myself artistically, and then and and be professional, um, and then at the same time, this is my father-in-law. So if I let myself down, I let him down both professionally and personally, and that that's scary. You know, that's something that you'd never want. I, I never want to do. But on the you know the silver lining, it is the most beautiful thing to do something that is, you know, in my core and to do it with, uh, you know, my family and, and people I love. And, uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful to do it on your own, you, you know, with, you know, on the, on the basis of everybody's a professional, but when you get to be professional with people you, you love, you know, that it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really special. Now you got the song uh, "The Limelight Fades Away." What was the um, inspiration behind that? Limelight fades away. So, um, you know, I my take on that was uh, lyric. Well, musically, it's it. I had this chord progression uh, that I. It was really the first song I wrote on the guitar. Like that made sense to me. Um, I think I wrote wrote the song when I was about 19, 19 or 20, at least the chord movement. And, um, and I never really had anything to apply it to. So, uh, you know, I had some, some words and a melody line, but I, nothing, nothing really ever came of it, but it always stuck with me. And when I recorded this demo, I said, you know, this, this chord progression and melody line, I think is, is, uh, something with that should be our a starting point and we'll see where it goes uh 
Um, lyrically, I wrote that song uh, about it, it was kind of a, a double a, a double uh, double lining as as far as what I'm talking about. What, what I talked about the experience of the demo. It was about my life and and growing up with you know my experiences uh, and. We rewrote the lyrics, Ellen and I, and I. To me, it's my uh, it's my my homage to his song "Limelight." So um, Eric and him had a song called "Limelight," and it's all about chasing the dream, right? And and getting lost in chasing fame with music and and that disconnection. And at least that's that's my interpretation of of that song. So I wrote this song from the perspective of, okay, what happens after you've had some success or some achievements? What do you have hold, to hold on to if, if your only intention was to be noticed or glorified? Mm-hmm. And it's the, uh, you know, where, what I'm talking to is if that's your only reasoning for, for being artistic, it's going to, you know, it's not a fairy tale in the end because, you need you need something more something something tangible to hold you know we should make music and art because we feel it and we love it and we want to connect with other people not because you know you know you want you want high fives when you're walking down the street from strangers you know that at least that's not my intention with art so that's that's what I'm that's what I was talking to is just you know being pure with your craft. Mm. Well, that that's good advice for you youngins out there. That's definitely good advice. We're going to get into that song right there, Limelight Fades Away. We got them in the building. Jordan, Asher, Huffman in the building. We're going to do it, y'all. We're going to come back, and we're going to keep kicking it with them. Let's get into this. Twist of fate, a story told by the cards in play. Kings and queens and aces for timeless secrets from days of yore. Praise from the crown as he takes his vow. The justice alone when the lights go down. He's suffering in silence. Can the magical spell be? Yeah. Hey. 
we play the hits. We got him in the building, Jordan Asher, Cliff Huffman in the building, excuse me. Um, I'm drinking my, I'm trying to drink my tea. You know, we got the Corona over here, so I drink my tea all the time. I got this hot tea. <laughs> now, speaking of that, <laughs> I've seen a prank that you did on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, what was it? The, uh, the, the, the rugs. The rug man. Yeah, yeah, man. Tell us uh, about that. What, what was what, that? How did that come about? <laughs> man, well, you know, I I don't know about everybody else, but I get all these random calls. I get, you know, it's like the IRS telling me there's a warrant, you know, which is humorous because they, we all know the IRS is really hard to get a hold of. Let alone they're never going to call you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's um. It's uh, so I got this call and he, it was a rug rug guy and and he was telling me I was VIP and and I I've I've been to Istanbul so I, at at first I was I was like well maybe it's legit but he just he kept going <laughs> saying you know my family and and I was just like all right let's let's go with it so um and he he was relentless so I just you know sometimes. I'll, I'll do different calls on that one. I, I think I did it. I just didn't have it in the video, but uh, those telemarketers, you know, they're looking, I don't know what their end game is, but I, yeah. I just have fun with them. And um, I, a lot of times, you know, they want to, you know, let's, uh, let's do, let's get some information. Let's get you set up. Let's get you taken care of. And so I always say, well, you know, I have to pray with you before we do business, you know, <laughs> then, then I'll actually just say a prayer, you know, and see if they hang on. Cause gen- you know, generally that's just uncomfortable, you know, with, and so I just try and try and have fun, you know, and, and he was a good sport. He was, uh, I, I don't know if he took me seriously or, or if he knew we were just having fun, but I, I just, I just created a character in the moment. Just that, you know, from thinking from his perspective on the other end of the phone, this guy just yelling and, and telling telling his wife to make make the coffee different this time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, ridiculous. yeah, that was great. <laughs> Who's the lady that's in there? Energy? That's your sister, or uh, uh, which uh, I think there's a couple, right? Um, yeah, it was two, the, it was two the, ladies the lady in there. Which, but there was one me, that was yelling. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's actually my aunt, my father's sister. Okay. Uh, she's emotionally okay. emotionally my mother though, um, as well. <laughs> and so <laughs> we she we, we were just improving and and she played yeah, along. She had the right oh, voice was... too. Her voice was perfect, man. <laughs> yeah, reminds right? me of Archie Bunker, and uh, I was reminding me of something like that, you know. And, and he's yelling at her, and they yelling back at each other. I, for some reason, it just reminded me of when I used to watch Archie the Archie Bunker show. I don't know why. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was fun. We were we were laughing. It was it was hard keeping keeping it together because it was just. Uh, so that's just, something else you know, that you do, fun. like skits. Like is skit something else that you do other than singing when you're not singing? Yeah, yeah. Uh it's, it's funny, Danny Danny Thompson, uh Alan's drummer and I we're like it, we might my, my we are brothers, you know, we but we might as well be. We're we get so ridiculous. Like we'll uh it's almost like uh, a lot of people say when he and I get together we're talking in our own language it's it's not like a different language in english but nobody understands what we're doing or what we're talking about we just play off each other and and uh yeah i i love i love skits and i i spent a lot of time in drama in high school uh just just as it's an express you know expression i i think humor is is really important i think i was a class clown my whole life you know just not not for attention but just to everything's so serious all the time why why don't we have fun you know mm-hmm. if if you can yeah. have a good laugh <laughs> go for it yeah that had me laughing i ain't gonna lie i was really laughing about that one um now you, you guys put out the album the secret, right? Right? Is that the that's now these songs that we playing out? Are they on that album, or these are just off of your personal album? 
Yeah, so the, the the song we just heard, Limelight Fades Away, sorry, the, the Limelight Fades Away, that is mm-hmm. on The Secret, um, mm-hmm. and that is Alan's uh, most recent album from last year, and believe it or not, that is his first album uh, from 15 years. Alan hasn't released wow. an album uh, up until 2019. He... Um, for everybody with us, if you're not familiar with Alan Parsons, Alan, Alan started uh, as young, working at Abbey Road. Uh, he got an internship, um, and the Beatles walked in, and uh, he ended up working on that session, um, and, and, and the guys liked him, and so he always was working on sessions with the Beatles after that. Alan was also working on the rooftop on the famous, famous roof concert. Um, and Alan was an engineer on Abbey Road. Uh, and then, and, uh, and, and then he, then he went to work on with Paul McCartney uh, beyond the Beatles um, and, and worked on a couple of uh, Paul records with Paul and, and the wings and, um, and Paul and Paul and Alan were friends. You know, they they collaborated a lot with each other. Alan then went on to uh, work on Dark Side of the Moon, and you know, it's argued Dark Side of the Moon exists uh, a lot because Alan worked on that record. You know, the musicians are the musicians, but that those sounds, you know, that that experience, um, and. And then he worked worked with Al Stewart, uh, Year of the Cat, a couple other albums. Then went on to work with Ambrosia. Uh, he also and then he created with Eric, his partner, uh, the Alan Parsons Project, which uh, one of their most notable songs is, you know, well they have many, but Serious, Michael Jordan's entrance music. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, they uh, they did a I think about eleven eleven or twelve albums. Um, you know, had had a lot of success. Clive Davis uh, signed them on the on their first album, and then uh, you know they uh, and then Alan Alan still is a producer uh, as well as a recording and performing artist, and and tours regularly except for this year. We haven't been able to do any touring uh, like many mm-hmm. many artists. Um, and the the next song we'll visit later in the program that that's a song uh under under me it's my debut single that Alan produced okay all right so we're going to get into that i got just a couple of more questions for you but we're going to we definitely yeah. close the show with that one i i really like that song too um now oh, thank will you, you see yourself no doubt man it's, it's not it's, it's it's good music um will you see yourself Two years from now. Two years from now. Um, well, uh, still, still recording music. I, I also would like. I think it's very important. You know, recording music is um, that's a platform uh, to solidify, to solidify smart. You know, and uh, that's. I look at recording music as you know, potentially immortalizing pieces of yourself. I think a piece of you goes into every, everything that you do artistically, or, you know, I mean, in the, not even artistically, just in life, you know, everything, everything you are, everything you embody, you know, pieces of you get immortalized in, in many different things. So obviously still recording music. Um, most importantly, I hope to connect uh, with, uh, with people, you know, and, and share in the experience of, of connect connection through the universal language of music. I love collaboration. So collaborating with many artists, um, you know, and outside of my, my comfort zones, I think, I think in creating and collaboration, it's very important to, um, to become bigger than your to to yourself or any you know that the music should be bigger than any of us you know individually. I don't think great things are created um, 
by yourself. I, I think collaboration is key. Uh, I also w- would like to to share in playing live. I my 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 goal, my objective, is to create music. People relate to the music um, and connect with it, and and I, I hope to uh, get on you know, go out on tour and, and open up for artists, um, you know, who, who have the same, same drive to connect with people and, and, and do all that. So, you know, recording, recording and, and touring, that's, that's what I want to do with my life. No, no doubt. That's, it might be the other way around. It might be people up opening up for you. Um, now, and that 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 would be amazing. (laughs) No, no doubt. Now, being that you did like um, you know toured around the world with Alan Parsons and stuff like that, for any artists out there that would love to be in your shoes, what advice could you give them? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I don't know that the formula. I, I don't know if there is one. I've been looking for one my whole life. You know, that was my biggest question of, you know, how in the world do you we you have this expression you want to get out you know you you want to to have that need that drive and, and no 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 way to see to do it other than you know trying you know do it on your own or you know put it on your laptop or find a studio or find great people to work with i think the one thing i learned and it's not necessarily only applicable to music. I think it's, for me, it was my, my life. I think surround yourself with people who are better than you and, and not, and that you can learn from because you end up becoming who you're around inherently. Um, and, and that's not to say don't go out and make friends just so you can climb the ladder, connect with people that get you, that you get, you know, and, and, and be really good at what you do. Strive to be the best at what you do because it's important to you, not anybody else, not what you'll get from it. Just, just go out, you know, be yourself and, and make sure you're around people uh, that you can learn from and keep, keep growing because you're around them. You know, you're, you're seeing everything going on and, and subconsciously, I think you you uh, gravitate to that and and learn from it. And that's that's uh, that's all I did. I wanted to grow, and and I wanted to um, I wanted to express myself, and I wanted to be around uh, around people who supported and empowered that to some degree. Whether that's just a high five or a good job or you know, hey, let's work together. You know, so I guess I know that's really vague, but um, I, I hopefully it's 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 coming through what I'm trying to say. I I think that best advice, yeah, in a nutshell, is keep doing you and um, and make sure you're around people who don't, you know, take that away from you, mm-hmm. you know, to, and and steer you in the wrong direction. No doubt. Now. We were just talking about your song, uh, Funny Enough. What was the inspiration behind that when you did it? Uh, that's a, yeah, you got some good questions. Uh, the uh, Funny Enough, I start, so when I do music, uh, and I think it, it stems from my childhood, but I've, I'm not an instrumentalist. Uh, I am, I'm capable. I can play piano. I can play guitar, I can play drums, you know, and I, but I'm predominantly a vocalist. Um, so I can just get by, but I, I sit on the piano and I just look for, for chords that make me feel, if that makes any sense. Um, there's, you know, there's a power in music and there's a power in lyrics and some people gravitate to one or the other. I, I hear a lot of people say, well, I listen to the lyrics and then I, if I like the lyrics, I like the song. And then there's people who say, well, I listen to the music first and then, you know, later I'll catch on to the lyrics and if they're cool, cool, but they don't, you know, I'm more about the song and the music. I'm a song 
a music guy. Um, so I looked for those chords and I found them. It was like the muse. It, it was so weird. And I started playing the chords. And I was like, Oh my God. And I actually got a little teary eyed, you know, with, with how those chords fit together. And, and that's when I knew I said, Hmm, I gotta, I gotta explore this a bit. And then I came up with the, you know, I was like, all right, we need a jump line. Um, and, and something that fits this feeling I have with this music. And that first line yesterday, I saw a little boy in the mirror and my driver behind that was, you know, we all meet those people that just don't make you feel good. Like they actually try and tear you down for whatever reason. And, you know, they beat you up and they're just kind of bullies. And I was dealing with uh, a bully in my life at the, at the moment. And I just had that thought process of God, man, how did you turn into the person you are now? What, why would you ever want to tear somebody down instead of, you know, you don't have to like them. You don't, I mean, if you don't get each other, then fine. But why would you go out of your way to make somebody feel bad about themselves? You know, I've never understood that concept. And, and the, the, my, my, uh, my light bulb that went off was, is, you know, well, maybe they're just insecure. Maybe they're hurting, you know, and, and I don't know what it's like in their shoes. Maybe they're worried about, you know, you know, keeping their family safe and, and doing, doing whatever they need to do to have the most successful life they have. And they think that they need to tear somebody else down to protect that. So I started with the lyrics and then what happened for me was this, it's, uh, it, it turned into this, you know, Oh, I forgive you. You know, I kind of understand. So some more words got written then January, uh, my dad suffered from schizophrenia. Uh, and it, it, it came about when I was, I think 14 or 15. So, you know, and then there was a there's a whole long timeline of, you know, stuff we don't even need to get into, but it wasn't positive. You know, it was um you know, my sister and I grew up really, really fast and we found out the world is a hard place. Um and so anyway, January my dad and I reconnected. My dad spent uh some some he had some really hard years. Um but he ended up um, he ended up getting getting better. Uh, you know, he didn't. It was he was not diagnosed well. Uh, I mean, uh, properly. So he was experiencing life at you know through his eyes, and and his only solution was to self medicate. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, which happens a lot uh, with with mentally and emotionally unwell people, you know, we, uh, it's just, sometimes it's not accepted by society, you know, those, that level of self-medication and particular to to what you're medicating with. Uh, But he ended up getting sober and we reconnected uh, and we got to spend three years with each other. And, uh, you know, and, and we became, we were, we were friends, you know, at the, the relationship was not like, oh, dad, you know, you you were unable to be my dad, you know, from 14 on. And then now here I am, 35 and or, you know, well, 31 when he came back into my life. And and now, I'll, you know, and and restarting from that position, it was it was really, you know, we agreed like, listen, we're friends. Yes, you are my father, but you're you're not that overpowering dad you know anymore we're Mm -hmm. we're two adults and let's be friends Mm -hmm. and we got to do that and i got to see suffering schizophrenia or any mental uh or emotional um uh condition you know to that level is a very scary scary experience uh especially for i mean for the ones going through it and and for everybody else who doesn't understand it and so the song, funny enough to me, my dad 
being in the position he was in, the shoes he walked in, he taught me a lot about love. Like, you know, his world is imploding on him daily and, you know, in his, in the way he, he saw things, but his biggest intention was to make everybody, whether he knew you or not, feel like they were loved because they are and that they mattered because they do. And so the song, funny enough to me is my interpretation of his, uh, relationship with himself and the inner child within all of us, because the world is what it is. But I think there's a child in all of us and the child sees the world as limitless and big and, and full of magic and, and, and awesomeness. And then we go through time and we get older and things happen. And that can, that inherently can change our definition of who we are and, and what the world is. And so the song is the, the storyline of that relationship with our child within each and every one of us. Um, and, and the disconnection between ourselves that can happen as well as the disconnection between uh, ourselves and other people, because we, we may not understand everything about everybody else, let alone ourselves. Wow, man. And that was a loaded oh, inspiration, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, we want to thank you for being on the show, man. Uh, before you go, and we're going to get into the song, I want you to tell people how they can follow you and keep up with you and anything, any updates, anything that you want people to check out. Yeah, um, uh, you can find me on, on, the, on Facebook or Instagram. It's... Um, Jordan Asher Huffman, and uh, if you want to look at music and and stay updated on on uh, when we can do shows or new music coming out, um, that is jordanhuffman.com, and that's J-O-R-D-A-N-H-U-F-F-M-A-N, and and uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from everybody. Thank you so much for having me on here. Um, uh, this man, was a real you, treat. Man, uh, man, this was this was a treat for us, and it was an honor, man. We 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 bowing down to you, man, and 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 shout out to yeah. Mr. Parsons too. Give him a shout for us, man. <laughs> oh, right. I most so definitely gonna... will. I most definitely will. All right, so we're going to get into this one. Funny enough, like we said, we always play the hot joints. Make sure you check us out next week when we got somebody new. I don't know who yet, but we always got a good guest on the show like we had today. Once again, we thank Mr. Jordan Asher Huffman for coming through and blessing us with this good music, man. Let's get it. Yesterday, I 